Welcome to the Homeschooling Through High School podcast. We hope you will join us for a time that will inspire, support, challenge, and encourage you, our fellow homeschooling families, through the high school years. Join me, Becky Simpkins, as I get to sit down and chat with special guests that will bring a wide range of wisdom, experience, and stories to help you on your homeschooling journey. Be inspired and encouraged. Let's come together to deepen our understanding of what it means to be awakened to the fullness of a living book's life. Visit livingbooksconference.com for more information about the Palm Beach, Florida Conference, February 23rd and 24th, the South Bend, Indiana Conference, April 12th and 13th, and the July Conference in Traverse City, Michigan. Join other like-minded parents for a time of fellowship, hands-on immersion lessons, and inspiring workshops. You will leave feeling full of encouragement and practical tips and be reinvigorated in dedicating yourself to all aspects of a living education. Featuring guest speakers, Emily Kaiser, Liz Catrill, and Nicole Williams of A Delectable Education, Kelsey Ray of Heritage Christian Academy, a Charlotte Mason Micro School, and the extraordinary Michelle Howard, librarian, author, columnist, speaker, and home educational consultant. Go to livingbooksconference.com to purchase tickets and for more information. her favorite books growing up yes. because like some of your favorite books as a ch- young child and then growing up and as a teen what what are some of your favorite books I love the American Girl books because I loved history so that kind of made it a little more because they give you like one person's perspective so it made it more personal I enjoyed that I read them I could I mean I read one a night kind of thing mm-hmm. for a long time um I hated I hate to admit this out loud I hated Lord of the Rings when I first read it hated it so much I listened to it. Still so upset with my past self. But, um, and then the end of two, two Towers, when Sam finds out Frodo is still alive, I, as soon as that clicked and ended, because I was listening to it on tape, that's how old I am, and uh, I remember running to Mom and saying, you need to go to the library tomorrow because I need to know what happens and I, I, need, I need the third book right now. And I didn't sleep that night because I was wondering what the heck happens. Um, so Lord of the Rings is definitely still my favorite book. Um, I really enjoy anything by uh, a Christian author, Jill Williamson is her name. Um, her first trilogy was utterly amazing. She was recommended to me by my writing coach. Rose had some poems published I am too. a published author, yes. Yes. Oh, and she, awesome. she worked with a writing coach for a while in high school because that was one of her passions still write to this day and I'd like to publish more, but that's, I've got a lot going on. So that's something I'm still working towards just very, very, very slowly right now. Any other books that you remember that kind of like those core memories when you're looking back that were just, that stirred something in you? cliche but Narnia I loved I still listen to the focus on the family Narnia things at least once a year if not twice um I can quote them all pretty much from start to end but um especially last battle it just like 
like strikes such a chord of like their relationship with Aslan and God and the whole yeah, I love it. Like gives me chills every time. Mm, I love Last Book. So good. Austin. Um, yeah, I enjoyed Jane Austen. It wasn't my go-to. I've I've read them all, but uh, like I've read them and I'm I could read them again, but I like more swashbuckling. You like allegories. Yeah, I do. Oh, Redwall. I love Redwall. Highly recommend. All of my friends, pretty much all of my friends, um, love it also. We have a Redwall feast and we bake all the food from Redwall and dress up and go out into a field and set up the whole thing and classy. But isn't that... Doesn't that sound childish, Rose? You're how old and you still get dressed up I and go play? I dress up all the time. All the time. I have... I love to do that. And I think... I, I, that, that's, again, a core thing about homeschooling is that you're... You can be an individual, not a little sheep. Right. And I think play is still so very important. Yeah, because I, I was in the woods this morning and I'm walking along and I'm just <laughs> off in my own little world... You know, pretending like I'm with following Gandalf, the Fellowship of the Ring, tramping through the woods and off on a little adventure, you know, splashing in the creek. That's good to curate that because it keeps your brain moving, one. Because if you're stagnant and you're just being fed things all the time, you can't think for yourself. So imagination is very critical, is very uh, important with critical thinking because they are... Absolutely. Together. I think it's important for moms to hear that. We need to learn how to play and how to imagine and, and well, dream. Well, we took and... mom out into the woods all the time. We were like, hey, come up and to our little woodland fort. We made you dirt pies and leek soup and, and yeah, come show us all our, show you all our little houses and stuff. You were the mayor of your little Yes, I was. Village. Jake was very upset by that, but I said, I'm the firstborn and I have the right. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes we could talk about that. What was it called? Kids. Kidsboro. Kidsboro. We took it from Adventures in Odyssey, the name. Yes. That was a big part of life for a while. The Woodland Forts? Oh, yeah. To, like, run your own little town, which I'm sure you could still do, Rose. Probably. You could be on one of those reality TV shows where they take a group of people and put them in, like, a ghost town mm -hmm. and say, hey, survive. Okay. Mm -hmm. They have supplies in different areas and... Yeah, they have to come up with the I government. Think I'd be fine. And a government. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah, I'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know about the other people, but I'd be fine. What would you say to homeschool moms who are just doubting themselves or doubting the method of using living books to educate their kids? Like, is it enough? Yeah. Like, is it like just reading? Is reading enough? Is that kind mm -hmm. of your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, reading is so important. Because you can learn literally anything from a book. Anything. I have books on so many subjects. Um, and you have a vast library of your own, actually. Yeah. It needs to be bigger, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's most... I mean, that's how I graduated high school. I did, I did little to no textbook learning in for either... Um, history mostly, or art, or things like that. I just read books about different events, um, people, Do you biographies. Do you remember the things you read? Yeah. Now, I'm old, and my brain's 
got a million other things going on in it, so I don't always remember everything, but a friend of mine at work is very much into like history and stuff too, and what you, and he's like, you're one of the few people I can talk about stuff with because you actually know who just, yeah, you know things. No, they're, they're <laughs> just, fine. Can we just take no. that? And my daughter just said, somebody said of her, you know things, and that just makes my mother, home educating heart, feel happy. <laughs> Yay! And Joy, can you... Can you just explain the difference between a true living book, what Rose and your other kids were reading versus the textbook? So we chose books that were a narrative that told story that you could connect to so that you could hang a thought on to the ideas that were presented. And the ideas, I tried not to get in the way of the ideas so my child could interact with them and think about them. And they narrated. And we they curated thought and imagination so that, again, adds into just training your brain how to think. And that's not a thing anymore because they don't want you to think. They don't, people in you know public education don't want you to think. They want you to regurgitate and... Um, I think of it again. Okay. But I don't think people recognize that you can teach almost anything with a living book. It does not need to be a text. What would you have done differently? In my yeah. education? Mm -hmm. I don't really know, to be honest with you. I may have tried more writing. But again, I, as I said, like in high school, I was so busy that I really, really struggled to get through all of my, I was nannying, I was working. Your senior year. Yeah, but started before that too. And I was training Irish dance two hours a day, if not more than that, on top of that. That's my home practice time. And then on top of classes and all that. So. But you, I don't think were, I would have changed anything. Did you spend a lot of time, um, like, playing video games or watching movies or being on your phone? Mm -mm. I, I really liked, and I hold, I have, I've taken this policy even one step further in my own adult life. Um, I really liked that we didn't have video games in our house. I've always hated them, can't stand them. It just didn't seem to, like, fit with our lifestyle, and I'm glad we didn't have that. And... We were only allowed to watch movies when it rained. So when it's so like two raindrops hit that sidewalk and we're like, it's raining, it's movie time. <laughs> um, but that let us do other things and we're all very hands-on, not crafty people, but like to do things with our hands. So that gave us time to do that. Um, wasn't really on the computer, a little more as I grew up, but not, it didn't suck me in, I guess. Um, I unfortunately have a smartphone now, so that's, kind of an issue but if I could have a dumb phone I totally would um it's hard to run a business though when you have just a dumb phone I need pictures of things from clients and all that um but I do not own a computer nor a tv in my home that and when I moved out four or five people offered me tablets um tvs when one guy at work found out I didn't have any screens he's like can I give you like two of them I don't want like please and I'm no so you walk into my home, all you see are books and plants, and that's pretty much it. And a big dog. And a gigantic dog. 
but I, I didn't want that to be the focal point of my home. And I, yeah, I watch stuff occasionally, but it's on my phone and I try not to make that my daily focus. It's really nice. Yeah. Refreshing. Yeah. And people walk in and they're like, oh, there's nothing distracting. We can have conversation and enjoy all the plants and talk about the books and, you know, all the random little stuff I have in my house and everything's handmade or thrifted or handed down through generations or handmade by my sister, you know? Meaning, yeah. Meaningful and yeah, intentional. It's not just random stuff that I bought at Target. Anything you want to ask your mom about your education? Why did you do it this way? Or what would you, maybe Joy, what would you have done differently? And then while you think of your question for her, what would you have done differently, thinking of Rose in particular? Um, I think this is a really interesting fact that here we have Rose presenting herself. She's such a strong and confident young woman but her first two years of school, she would only do her subjects if she was sitting on my lap. And she cried a lot. So I think if you know that, there is hope for your child who is struggling. School does not define you. It prepares you for life, but it's not all of life. So. I fell to the lie that I wasn't doing enough one year and it was because I went to a conference that was really pushing curriculum and I purchased a text curriculum for my kids for science because I was told it was the best okay. and oh, it was have... so dry and so intense and I did it with... we like read it and we Jake and I looked up at you and said no you guys were like what and you had to like fill in the blank and Stuff oh, yeah, like that. that. Was dumb. It I was horrible. The blanks, and there were like tests every week. It was horrible. They literally didn't remember anything. And I made them do that for like a whole year. I regret that so much because I gave into fear that I wasn't doing enough and that I had prepared them in some way for something random by using those non living things. I wish I hadn't done that. I only vaguely remember that, so it didn't scar me for life or anything. But she was so interested. She considered being a librarian. We worked in a library together for a while, and she loved talking to Michelle um, Howard. And she said to me one time, Michelle Howard, the author of Truth Quest History, which is Rose's favorite subject, and she said, talking to her is my favorite thing in the whole world. And that just made me feel so good. <laughs> I don't know was a good connection that we made and and I just think stories and history and the world came alive because of the living books that we had through the library and through Truth Quest history so I'm, I'm glad I did that I regret that I did a box science I have regretted it every time too yeah it's like why did I buy this why did I buy some of the stuff I bought off of you yeah <laughs> It was probably some of that stuff yeah. that I used there. And Rose did not get the full feast. Like, I was easing into the full feast. My last child got the full feast because that's about when I was ready. And so I feel kind of bad about that. But at the same time, um, I recognize now because she is an adult, and she's 27, 
she's still learning and she likes to learn. And so Lily and I did the Halliburton books and we told Rose about them and now she's reading them. So like education continues as an adult. It's yes, there were gaps, but guess what? She can fill them in herself. That's all. It's okay. What would be the non-negotiable things to make sure your kid is prepared for? We're talking about educational gaps, but there's things that you should not neglect if you're home educating. Well, things I mentioned earlier, like mechanical stuff. I mean, sometimes, I don't know if that's kind of the vein you're wanting to go down, but... I'm thinking work ethic. Well, that too, but... I don't know. I'm a very hands. I like I like to learn with my hands and be. I hate crafting, but I love building things. And I can't. Someone can't say to me, "Go build a chicken coop," because my brain does not work that way. I I can't envision that. But I can help somebody create that. Once the plans have been made, I've got the skills to help you build it. Just don't ask me to draw up the plans and make the measurements and all that stuff. I will be. It'll be so horrible. <laughs> Yeah, just basic everyday life, how do you budget? They don't teach that anymore. Um, and I did the Dave Ramsey like envelope system for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every time my truck or my vehicle had an issue, I'd talk to my dad about it, and mm -hmm. we'd spend the weekend fixing it, and I'd have him just be there. And we did your taxes together. Yeah, yep, I learned how to do my taxes. Um, yeah, something broke on my truck. I picked it myself. We did a I lot did. of gardening mm -hmm. and preserving. Yep. Rose worked at a chicken farm for a while and I've helped with the butchering. I've done pretty and so much everything under she, the sun. When she lived in Alaska for three months, she was able to help them butcher because hunting is such a big part of that culture there. And Yeah, I just, mean, I learned how to, yeah. From the time I was little, I remember just loving watching my dad chop up animals. That might sound really creepy. That sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. Don't put that in, <laughs> Becky. What? <gasps> I do it now. Like, I, I've gone over and helped friends butcher up their deer, their chickens. Um, yeah, when I lived in Alaska, the, my two friends were teachers. So they had their little vacation. We spent time together. And they had to go back to school. So once we went caribou hunting, I stayed home and I butchered up the caribou. And it was lovely. <laughs> and when I, I shot an elk last year, and my kitchen is the size of a closet, I butchered a gigantic bull elk in my little kitchen all by myself. So I had three coolers, three human-sized coolers in my living room, blocked the door from my dog, and I butchered that elk all by myself, whose hindquarters were the size of my dining room table. And I did it all myself. Like that's, those are skills. I get, not everybody wants to do that, but the world's not gonna go anywhere good anywhere anytime soon. So you might wanna start learning those basic, I call them homesteading skills. We did do a homestead when our kids were teens and before they were teens. And I think it's great. They've kind of all continued those types of activities on their own afterward. As much as we can, yeah, living yeah. in the city. Living in the city. <laughs> As both Under of them duress. do, yeah. yes. Yeah, you once said you you and Papa are weird, and then we kind of took that weird and <laughs> ran away with it. That's very true. True. Is it weird or is it freedom to continue mm. growing and exploring and being curious? And a lot of what I'm seeing is people 
learning the kind of forgotten skills. Yeah, the skills that's going to be coming a huge comeback because people are hopefully starting so small pockets of people are starting to recognize that oh things aren't going so well and we should start having our own food supply and we should start you know and you should know how to defend your home and like my one of my goals is to become a self-defense instructor that's what i'm working towards right now and i've i am developing my own curriculum specifically for moms because no one ever talks about that i've mm -hmm. gone to so many like quote-unquote women's self-defense and self-defense is impossible to teach in two hours utterly impossible you can't teach that in two years there's so many facets so many schools of thought you can't possibly teach it but I always hear all the moms come there's never any people like me who come because I'm just weird and I'd like to do that stuff and I was paid to go uh, through my job my job paid for me to go to a couple and every time i was waiting for that question because it always comes up well what if i'm with my kids what do i do and the instructors never have an answer so i've taken things i've learned from some guys i've trained with who were paid like protectors they bodyguards basically so you take those concepts and then working how to you know what if i have an infant in a carrier i don't want to get in fisticuffs with that infant's head right there what do i do if I have an infant and a toddler, what do I do? If I have older kids who I can talk to ahead of time about, okay, if mommy says this word, that's your signal to get out. Like you have to take your sibling and you run. We did or that whatever. kind of a thing. Yes, I annoyed my grandmothers and everything very much because I practiced on them and they didn't appreciate that very much. But yeah, that's one of my goals is to make that program and I'm working on it right now. I can see a definite need for that because that was one of and there's my only I've rigorously too. researched me and the guys at the ranch have looked online all over the place and there's only one couple kind of who does something like that like there's just utterly no no filling for that opening in that market at all which is insane but and it's so hard because well one you have to start women with body language you have to start there and then you have to build them up from there because you can't walk be, around looking aware. like a soft target. Situational and awareness. Situational yeah. awareness and body language. And don't carry a pepper sprayer like my three, my, my triangle to start them off with. That could be another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sometime. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rose, for joining us today on the podcast. And thank you for joining us for part two of two of Interview with a Homeschool Grad. Please join me in two weeks for some important announcements about the podcast, some changes coming, and for some interesting updates on how the podcast is doing. Please reach out to me at hthspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or need some encouragement and prayer.